Well, good morning. I, uh, I'm super nervous and excited. Maybe more nervous than excited. I'm not really sure. I, uh, I, I talk a lot. For most of you guys that know me, uh, words aren't hard for me to find. Uh, today is going to be different. I, um, I don't have a scripture for you. It's not really who I am. Uh, I'm not near that intelligent. Uh, I'm glad I got the stage put up for me for my blue and match the blues. Good job, Rashawn and you guys and Ryan and Sasha. Thank you guys a lot for getting it set for me today. I, uh, I'm not on the play this weekend. The liar will be here uh, this weekend. I will not be as good as John Williams, who will be leading the show this weekend. Uh, I'm definitely uh, not near as intelligent as Professor Brownlee and Professor Wise, who will talk about the cosmos and creation this afternoon. I don't have a sweet accent that Professor Watney has. I definitely am not as strong in my faith as Zoe is. And I definitely try to be like that, but I'm not. I'm just a kid from a small town. And I hope today we can talk about my walk and my friends and my family and my Jesus with a little bit of music sprinkled in. My life's a lot about music. My life's a lot about injuries and feet. My life's a lot about teaching and telling stories. My life's about family. I have two nieces in the audience, Jaden and Haley. I have a cousin who might as well be my niece, Sarah. My son, Cord, is here. And then a lot of you here in this room, that whether you think that or not, you're, you're part of my family, right? Right, my friends and family. I'm not a preacher. I'm a motivator. I'm an inspirer. I'm a leader. I'm a music-loving fanatic. But I'm definitely not going to quote, quote scripture today. It's just not who I am. I'm just not, that's just not, I, I think that God gave me a path and, and, and gave me a voice and gave me a direction to just walk the walk. And I talk the talk, but I definitely try to emulate what I think he wants me to be. So today I hope you guys uh, can get kind of caught up and caught into this. I've said where you guys have said it many times, listen to people talk and been like, oh my gosh, this guy going to be done. It's too cold outside to walk outside, but I really just want to get out of here as soon as I can. I have to go to Exodus Chapel for a semester. This is just another check on that. Today's different. I hope you feel different. I hope you're emotionally engaged with me today. So you guys can follow along on this walk that I'll take you on. And just so you know, there'll be music involved. And if you want to sing along with me, karaoke is kind of my thing. Okay? I may have won a few things here and there. Maybe I was the best of two. That doesn't matter. I still was the best. Okay? Um, I just want to spend some time with you guys today. I just want to talk to you guys about my Jesus, and I know he's yours too, trust me. But I think about some of the stuff, and, I, and, my, and Haley and Jane and I had a really great conversation a couple weekends ago about the greatest showman. And that, while I think I am the greatest showman, I know who is the greatest showman. And I know that the, the lead song in that is, this is the greatest show. And I think if you could change the words this to he is the greatest show, it would make the song a little bit different. I listen to that soundtrack every day when I drive to work. I live six blocks from here, so I get about a minute and a half through each song, which is fine. And I think about that first song. Right? And sometimes I'm singing in my car, I'm like, right? Everything you'll ever want. And I'm like, you know what? I can change that too. 
He's everything you'll ever want. He's everything you'll ever need. And he's waiting around in front of you. He is the greatest show, right? He changed words like that. And to me, my life is about song and my life is about family and friends. And it is. But it's really about me sharing with you guys a little bit about who I am. I'm a kid from Lebanon, Kansas. Maybe 130 people. Uh, it's 129, actually, because I'm not there right now. But 130 people. <laughs> I drove about 25 miles one way to high school to Smith Center. I call it the Mecca of football in Kansas. We've won 10 state titles. We're tied for the most in state history. I never played football. Uh, I've been an athlete trainer since I was a seventh grader in my own mind. Uh, and when you play football, you might get hurt. And you have to run, and then you sweat. And those three things sound bad to me. So I was out. But I've known since I was a seventh grader what I wanted to be. I grew up in a home with my mom and dad together in the house they bought before I was born. They've been in that same house since 1974. I had an alcoholic sister, and that was about the time she was in eighth grade all the way through probably until she was about 31 years old. She was an alcoholic and drug dependent. We actually lived in a house where we didn't say I love you hardly ever. I called my mom and dad last night, talked to them about some things coming up the next week, and I, I got ready to hang up, and I, I said I love you to my mom, and mom kind of like, she paused for a second, this is not something we do. And those guys that know me know I throw the word love around a lot. And it's weird, well, your parents are like that? No, but it's something I craved as a kid. I grew up in a home like that. My niece, we raised my niece for three years. My sister was on a drunken uh, drug binge, uh, was passed out upstairs, and her, at the time, boyfriend sexually assaulted my eight-month-old niece. Ironically enough, or terrible enough to, to tell the story, the night when that happened, I was driving my parents' car, and I told her my parents' car, and we, I got sent to Hastings, Nebraska for a, for a small little brain bleed. And the high patrolman came and talked to my parents. I'm like, man, I'm really in trouble now. And he, my mom and dad left crying their eyes out. And they came and said, we have to go to Salina tomorrow morning. And they told me what happened. And I thought to myself, man, there's something in my life I'm missing. That summer, I went to Ponca, Arkansas, to Ponca Bible Camp. If you've never been to a Bible camp, if you've never been on a mission trip, even the mission trip is just, is just love sterling. That's a mission trip. There's something special about it. And I went to Ponca, Bar Ponca Arkansas. We're having our afternoon's worship session. And they asked us to bow our heads. And Pastor John up front, John Vandermeer, he said, who in here has not accepted Jesus into their heart? And not for the life of me to this day, I cannot tell you why I raised my hand. I'd gone to church. I had missed Sunday school ever. I, to this day, miss Sunday school. I knew who Jesus was. I read the stories. I knew of him. I didn't know him. And so I raised my hand. Why? I don't know. And that night, we're sitting around a campfire, and they pulled kids out one by one. And we went into this uh, kind of like our campground area where we had meals at. And there was Pastor John, and the other Pastor John, actually. And they started walking me through accepting Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. If you guys have never experience that and those guys in the room that have emotions just wash over you i remember crying my eyes out and not knowing why i was even crying but it was my heart being filled and i look back on that time and i was to myself man i knew jesus but but i was an eighth grader i didn't really know i was in this moment and i and it, it captured me for a moment 
before I go through high school, I'm a big man on campus. I was kind of a bigger dude like I am now, but I was still a big man on campus. And I get through high school, and I kind of think to myself, and I, I picture myself walking on a beach. Like, this walk we're going today, I'm on a beach. My wife wants to go to the beach like every six weeks. I'm like, honey, it's too expensive to go to the beach. We, can just, we have snow out back. It looks like, looks like sand, and we'll just go out there and play. <laughs> but I picture myself walking, and I look back right now, and I and I'm looking at my high school days, and I see these two footprints in the sand. And at times, they're walking side by side, and at times, they're about this far apart. And I'm like, oh, well, who? Oh, but that's Jesus walking in the sand. I wonder, that, that's who that is. I go on to college. I go to Barton County, and I learn for the first time in my life, right? I'm a kid from a 60 by 60 square county in Kansas. There's not a minority in the entire county. I go to Barton County Community College. I'm with the track team, and I learn diversity for the first time. Tahani Odoms, one of my favorite athletes of all time, she shook my hand the very first day, and she says, you've never seen a black person before, have you? And I'm like, I mean, on TV, I've never met anyone in my life, swear. First time I had McDonald's, I was 17 years old. First time I had Taco Bell, I was 21. First time I actually met a person of different color, I was a freshman in college. And Tahani slapped me right in the face. She's like, handshakes are still the same. Doesn't matter what color we are. I'm like, yeah, very good. About a year later, Tahani and I and Sonia, they didn't have a car. I drove them to Walmart. And for the first time in my life, I saw what it was like to be a person of color and walk through a Walmart and have people follow you because they think you're going to steal something. I'm like, you guys serious? Yeah, we built this. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed, and I thought, man, Jesus, is that, is that how things are? So I get through Barton, and I go to Charleston Southern, have a great experience. I didn't even visit this college. I drove 21 hours. That was my first time even visiting the place. You guys are like, yep, that's me. I drove to California. I talked to some guy on the phone. He said, come out here. It's the greatest place on earth. And so I get here, right, like you. I get to Charleston. Then I go to Ohio University, and then I go to my first job at New Lexington High School and Lancaster High School. And in that time in my walk and in my journey, I see these footprints, but then there's a time there's not two sets of footprints, but I really don't know what's going on. And in my time in Ohio, I had some wonderful, amazing experiences. The day before I graduated with my master's degree from Ohio University, one of my favorite kids ever, Kelly, Going to go TP her boyfriend's house, and on the way there, they overcorrected, and Kelly got thrown from the car. The day before I graduated, 6 5 97, June 5th, 1997. It's a day that I, I, just, I would never forget. My parents got to town. We were all excited to graduate, and I remember just being heartbroken. I graduated. I waited to come home to go to the funeral. And that was my first of six athletes that I lost in my seven years in Ohio. I lost her brother 14 months later, her brother 14 months later. He was my water boy at my first job, and he was at practice as a seventh grader, and he collapsed at a water break. He had an enlarged heart. No one even knew it. A year later, I lost Dan Carson, my favorite football player. He didn't play. He stood beside me on the sidelines. He wasn't very good, but man, he and I had some good times, and he also was driving back from seeing family and had a car accident. And then I met this young lady named Jillian, and I called her Jilly. Jilly was a freshman. Her older sister was a senior on the basketball team. And my friend Kelly and BJ, who passed away, their mom 
and Kelly and BJ's mom were best friends. And I just got to be connected with them. And in that year that Julie was a freshman, she got mono. And all of her classmates got mono. It just kind of spread pretty rapidly through them. Basketball tends to spread disease pretty quick because you just share one thing. It's called a basketball. And you throw it to each other. And then you scratch your eyes and you pass things along. And Julie's mono turned into one in one million cases, mono can turn into leukemia. And Julie got leukemia. And I went and met with her in the hospital multiple times that summer. And she was the strongest, most faithful person I've ever met in my life. And she was an eighth grader, freshman, going to be a sophomore. Julie wrote a book that was published about when she closed her eyes, she saw Jesus. And I would talk to her about how profound that was. September rolls around, and Julie says, this is my last time getting to see her because they quarantined her because the chemo was really making, if you guys would know, a cancer person going through that treatment, they swell really badly. We also know they lose their hair and weren't allowed to be too close to her because her immune system was so low. She says, my last time I get to go see Julie. And at the time, I didn't know it was my last time. And she said, hey, Pete, here's a, here's a bandana for you. All the kids had shaved their heads, and they all were wearing bandanas because she wore a bandana. I'm like, well, I'm not shaving my head. My hair is going to go away soon enough. I don't want to expedite that process. You guys can see what I have here right now. She's like, will you, will you sit in my funeral? And I said, Julie, why would I sit at your funeral? She says, well, it's coming. The days are numbered. I know. I, can, I feel it in my heart. Jesus is calling me. So she asked me if I'd sing at her funeral. And I remember the day of that funeral, which was four days later. She passed away about 12 hours after we had that conversation. And I remember thinking to myself, I have this person I believe in, and his name is Jesus. And he's my Lord and my Savior, but how can you take someone this young? Why? Why BJ? Why Jilly? Why my grandma Manili and my grandpa Steinshower within 24 hours of each other? I don't understand it. I look back and I see one set of footprints. And behind that I see some more footprints that weren't there before. And Julie said, well, you sing the song Friends from Michael W. Smith. I'm like, Julie, I don't, I don't think I can sing at your funeral. I just don't think I can. And so she, she asked me to sing two songs. And the Michael W. Smith song, those of you guys that know it, is, And a friend's a friend forever if the Lord's the Lord of them. And a friend will not say never, because the welcome will not end. Though it's hard to let you go, in the Father's hands we know that a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. It's amazing. I sing that song today. I can still see Reese and Merwin and Doc and Jack sitting in the pews of that church. I think of myself in my time in Ohio, and I look back, and I see those footprints again. I'm like, how come there's two sets, and then there's not? How come there's more behind me that weren't there, but then they're not there again? And I think to myself, man, I'm just so confused right now. You guys are like, man, you're supposed to talk to us about Jesus, and you keep talking about when he's not there. I'm like you guys. I'm, I'm going to be 45 in a month, and I still feel like I'm 18 sometimes. I act like I'm 18 all the time. 
I don't get up here and try to become a part of the theology ministry department because those guys are way too, way too intelligent for me. I don't speak like that. I just speak from the heart, and I know that my story for me and my walk is really, is really special. I think about the, the lives I've come, a, come in contact with. Kyle Greathouse, one of my favorite point guards ever. Kyle was a son of our legendary coach. I had just accepted a job at a place called Sterling College. And our head coach, Jack Greathouse, was retiring. I was going to work with a guy named Lonnie Cruz, and it was senior night. And if we win the game, we win our first ever conference title in basketball. And Kyle is our point guard, signed to play Division I. Dad's the head coach. His last name is going to coach at home. Kyle has the night of his life. He has 29 points. We knock off Dublin Kaufman High School. Three guys played in the NFL on that team. We, were not, we weren't that good. We were 19-1, and one, but we weren't good. We were special. Kyle walks up to the line with less than 15 seconds to go. He'd made 65 consecutive free throws at that point in his career. He walks up to the line to shoot the free throws, and he clangs the first free throw. I mean, the worst free throw I've seen. In, I, he actually might even hit the backboard. Uh, Kyle! He winks at me. Like, what are you, what are you winking for? Next one, he airballs. And it looked like he intentionally missed it. We win, we cut down the nets, we go back to the locker room. And I'm like, what are you doing? You got a 65, 67 shot streak going. And Kyle said, you know my two heroes of my life are? Jesus and my dad. I can never be as good as Jesus. And I don't want to be as good as my dad. I'm like, okay, it's great. Because you know my dad's highest point total was ever in high school? I said, no, it was 30. He missed those two free throws on purpose. Because he didn't want to be better than his dad. And he knew he could never be as good as Jesus. Three years later, we're at the University of St. Mary. We have a point guard, we have a point guard named Coach Bassett right now to you guys. I knew Casey back in the day. We're playing at St. Mary. We're getting ready to go to her parents' house to go get fed because we go there for 16 years now, I've gone there after every game at St. Mary to go get fed. I'm outside the bus, getting ready to get a load up to go over to her mom and dad's house, and I get a phone call from his dad. And Jack Greathouse says, Pete, uh, Kyle was in a really bad car accident today. Uh, he'd been drinking, and he drove his car off the road and ended up in the river, and he almost killed his girlfriend. Kyle is in very critical condition, but he is, he is stable. We leave their house. We get back to the gym, waiting for the guys' game to get over with. The guys are walking out. My phone rings, and it's Kyle. And I'm like, what are you calling me for? You're in the hospital. He's like, he's crying his eyes out. Guys, I just want you, I'm calling everyone that I know that believes in me and telling them how sorry I am I let you down. My girlfriend's not going to make it, I don't think. And I just thought to myself, man, he still recognizes humbleness, and he still realizes that Jesus is a part of his life. And he still has the night he wrecked his car inside of him, the thought of people that were there for him to reach out to them. I come here that spring and I meet Coach Cruz. And for 16 years here, guys, I've had an amazing ride. Conference title after conference title with women's basketball, making it to Sioux City. The first ever football conference championship. The World Series for baseball. Numerous things on this stage that I am in awe of all the time, and not during chapel, but on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays during homecoming. 
I've seen some amazing things here. But one thing I didn't have when I came here, I so desperately was trying to find my soulmate. And in all those times I'm walking, I look back behind me and on my journey, I see these footprints that are there and they're not there. I look back on those times, my first 13 years here, and the sand where I was walking, it's deeper. The footprints are even deeper than they were when I first started walking. And I look back again, and I'm by myself again. There aren't two sets of footprints. It's one. There's no more footprints behind them. It's just, it's just my footprints. And they're getting deeper, and they're getting deeper, and they're getting deeper in the sand as I look back. September 2nd, 2015, I walked out of Gleason, and I got an instant message. And I looked at some, some lady named Kay Harrington. And I'm like, what? I, I guess I was friends with her like a week before that. She, I don't know who she even is, like friends with Karnan, Justin Morris, a couple other friends in town. And, and, the, and, the, and the basically the message is, I swear I'm not a crazy person. I'm not stalking you. But my good friends Justin and Karna have talked to me about you. Uh, I just got divorced. I'm a single mom. And just want to know if you'd be interested sometime in just hanging out and talking. So that took about an hour to like stop like wondering. That doesn't happen to me, guys. I was 41 years old, and I kissed my first girl, 41. Until I got married, I never slept with anybody in my own bed besides me, my niece and nephew, and a dog. That whole entire time, I just was craving. I, I, I wanted a soulmate. When Kay came in my life, our first date was September 23rd. We got married September 10th. Obviously, a year later, because you can't go back in time. The song that we had for our wedding, besides Jason Derulo, was Randy Travis. I'm going to love you forever, forever and ever, amen, just as long as old men sit and talk about the weather, as long as old women sit and talk about old men, if you wonder how long I'll be faithful. You just listen to how the song ends. I'm going to love you forever and ever, forever and ever, amen. And I, for the first time in my life, I finally felt like I had somebody with me. And I got to be a dad for the first time. And Cord and I, even though we probably watch movies together more and talk about things that dads don't talk about because... At some point, he and I both like any Marvel movie out there, gaming world, sports. I get to be a dad. I look back then. Right? I look back at my footprints. Now there's three sets of footprints. I'm like, oh, now Jesus is back with me again. Great, dude. Appreciate it. Where were you at the times before? The 13 years I didn't have Kay. Where were you at? As you guys would know, 13 days after I got married, I lost one of my biggest, biggest people in my life, Lonnie Cruz. 13 days after I got married, the day of my first date with my wife, I called Lonnie the day after my date with Kay. I called Lonnie. He's like, what are you calling me for? I'm like, Coach, I just met, I met this girl. Justin and Karna have known her for 15 years. I'm going to talk to them later while them introduce us to her earlier. I'll talk to them later. 13 days later, Coach Cruz passes away. And you know what? As painful as that was, 
You know what I had for the first time in my life? Somebody to come home to and cry with. And Jesus was there with me. I can look at my footprints and he was there. As you guys would know, November 7th, that same year, six weeks later, we lost X and Esther. And it's the same thing again. I went home to my wife. And I went to New Mexico and I stood on a mountainside at a gravesite and felt just the magnification of Jesus in my heart. And at the time, once again, he was with me again. My wife and I want to have kids. We have poured, I understand that, but I, we together wanted to have kids. We started fostering. Those two kids came in our lives in December of 17, Braylon and Brielle. We were abandoned, and they said, you guys probably have a chance to adopt these kids if you guys want to. And we weren't really sure we wanted to adopt at the time. We knew we wanted to foster. We got these two kids. We had them for about three months. And then their biological grandma came along, and she wanted them, and the state wanted her to have them. And I remember the last night they were in our house, and I had, Braylon would only fall asleep if I go lay down with him in bed and sing to him. Braylon was 18 months old. Braylon was just turning three. And I remember singing to him on my chest that night as he fell asleep, and I whispered in his ear, I'll find you. I'll find you someday. Took him to their grandma. He was a wonderful lady. Dropped him off at grandma's house. I look back in the sand again, and there I am again, walking by myself in the sand I'm getting deeper in. Four months later, grandma calls. Says, you guys want to watch the kids? I'm like, yes. And so from March until this January, we had those kids in our house. And grandma talked us into adopting them. And on March 18th was supposed to be the day coming up. The day before my birthday was supposed to be the day that the trial was going to be so their parents had their rights severed. I know that sounds terrible, but that was our chance to have these kids in our lives. We played friends at home in January. I looked up, my wife was really red in the face like she was not feeling well. I got home that night and said, we need to talk. A social worker called that worked with grandma, and grandma changed her mind. We're not going to adopt the kids. I didn't get a chance to tell them goodbye. I didn't get a chance to say anything to them. We have really good friends named Gina and Jermone. They're our age. They can't have kids. They're a mixed couple. Our kids, Braylon and Brielle, their mom had twins. And the night they were born, they had cocaine in their system. And the grandma had called us and said, can you guys take these twins too? And we said, we can't. So we called our friends Gina and Jermone, who can't have kids. And because of our connection with our two kids and with, with grandma, there's two people in Haven right now that have two kids in their home, and they get to be parents. And even though we can't be parents, I can take a step back and say, Jesus, where were you at? And I talk at church with Joel Grizzle, my pastor, and he says, Pete, you can't question. You have to know what's in his hands. You can't do that. You have to believe in your heart that there's a plan. And it may hurt and it may suck right now, but I'm telling you, there's a reason. And I was so angry at that time. I didn't want to talk to Pastor Joel. I didn't want to hear that. But I can look back today and tell you guys right now, as much as it hurts, we've lost our kids. I know there's a family in Haven 
that was God's plan. See, when I look back on these times, I'm thinking of these footprints here, those times I'm walking alone, you guys should know that's not my footprint. That's Jesus. That's him carrying me. And the reason they're getting deeper and deeper is because I'm probably gaining some weight along the years, maybe so. But he's having to carry more of my burdens. And I look back and think those are my footprints, and they're not, guys. That's him carrying me. Carrying me all the way through that. And the time I see there's three steps and there's not, it's not my wife left me either. He's carrying both of us. So if anything comes out of today, I didn't quote scripture. I told you guys some fantastic stories about things that I hope moved you today, that I hope entertained you today, that I hope made you feel a little bit different today, a little bit warmer inside because it's terrible outside. You're going to lose sight. There's no doubt about it. But I'm telling you, the times you think it's the darkest, the times you think you're alone, you're not. And the moment you don't believe what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you right now, you're not alone. Right? Some times in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. But if we are alive, we'll know that there's always tomorrow. And Jesus said, Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, and I'll help you carry on. Four, five, it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. When I was in high school and we were four feet apart, so I was pushing him away. And then we were together, I was pushing him away. It's not like that, guys. I love you all. Have a wonderful week. I'm glad I could share a little bit of my time today with you, share my story with you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it leaves you guys some of your heart. Let's pray together. I'll dismiss you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these students, this faculty, the staff, for Coach Jaderson and his wife, Julie, for leading us this year and being wonderful ambassadors of you. We pray that you're with us today. We pray that you're with us every day. In the darkest of moments, in the best of times, in the worst of times, on road trips and at home. We love you, and we know you're in our hearts. Even the times we don't think you are, you are still there. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. See you guys.